On this episode, it's free agency time. Are the Mavs striking out again? Cowboys, we have football in like one day from when you're listening to this. And the Rangers, trade your best players and win? Play the music, Brian. Brian and I have quite a bit for you uh, on this episode. Mavs are in the heat of free agency right now. It is night two. Lots of crazy stuff has happened, including the Mavs being uncharacteristically busy during the first hour. We have uh, a Cowboy football game happening within the next like 36 hours or so. And uh, from depending on when you're listening to this anyway, and the Rangers, I okay, you trade Gallo and win. Let's go. I guess, you know, that's what's happening. But before we uh, get to all that, it's been a week, a week and a day. (laughs) How are you doing, my man? How have things been this week for you? Good, man. Uh, You know, not a whole lot uh, crazy going on. Uh, Dealing with some plumbing issues here in the house. And uh, turns out we have a, uh, a leak on the, two leaks actually, on the main water line coming into the house. So our front lawn is... Yeah, and it's, I don't know, if you, if you have any experience with that, it's not cheap to fix, so we're dealing with that. But other than that, uh, you know, just kind of been glued to Twitter, and uh, that's about it, man. How about you? How are you? I'm good, man. I've entered that really, that time of the year where I'm super lame, and uh, all I do is watch the NFL Network and read about fantasy football, so yeah. I might be the most boring human being in the world right now, like, I've sat here for hours on in the last like two nights and just watched NFL Network. I think Sunday and Saturday, I watched like maybe five hours of camp coverage, like, oh, uh, you know, planning for fantasy. You know, we got our, our league, our home league coming up and I've flip flopped on who in the French toast I'm going to keep like one million times. Um, you know, like yeah, Brian I still- and I are in a league. We've been in it for this will be our ninth draft and we get to it's a keeper league, but it's with a twist. You get to pick the person or the person you keep, excuse me, you get to keep them in the round. You've drafted them. Now, what's cool about that is that it means as a keeper league, you normally have a better first round because people aren't necessarily keeping the best players. You're keeping the most valuable player in a lot of a lot of aspects. So normally we can like last year, I think our top four or five picks were like dead on the money for any other fantasy league as opposed to my work league which is keeper, but you keep the best player. By the time you get to the fifth or sixth pick, you're like, what the French am I going to do, man? You know, you're having to either reach or go. It's, it's, it's weird. So it's, it's fun, but I don't know how I won the championship. I looked at my, I'm looking at my roster trying to think of who the hell I'm going to keep. But I'm like, how did I win this thing, man? Like I get it. There's a bunch of waiver wire darlings like Jeff Wilson and Miles Gaskin and guys like that. Right. But how in the heck, like I looked at your team to try to get an idea who you're going to keep. And I'm like, damn, Brian would win the fucking league with this roster this season. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I still like, as you know, I have had, I lucked into Michael Thomas and in his rookie year, picking him up on the waiver wire 
this guy that I'm in a league with had him and then dropped him. I'm not going to say who that person is, but that was me actually. Yeah. yeah. I did the same with uh, Mark Andrews when I traded him to your wife for uh, Joe Ross. Yeah. John Ross. Yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, brilliant. There's a so, reason why I, this was my first championship, by the way. <laughs> so I have for like four years now had Michael Thomas as like a 16th round pick, then a 15th round pick. But now that's not really that, you know, I've got, I mean, he's an option, but how good of an option is he? We don't know. It's very, you know, let somebody well, else deal. I would, I would let someone else deal with that nonsense. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I would do. And that was before the injury announcement and the fact that he's going to miss five or six weeks, at least of the season, you know, so I'm out, I'm, I'm actually going to renounce Michael Thomas, which makes me very sad, but you know, I've got CD lamb. I've got Justin yeah. Jefferson. I've got, I've got a handful. I've got a couple of, and I don't know what I'm going to do. See, here's my debate that I'm going through. So I have Josh Allen, who all of you passed on like twice. I, I drafted him in the 13th round. And I right? thought it was ridiculous that you drafted him then. I yeah. was wrong. Totally and he was wrong. the number one scoring quarterback. And honestly, and I had Herbert as my backup. So yeah. I was able to like, I was very quarterback rich there. Yeah. Um, I have Scary Terry, who I'm a big fan of in the fourth, which is not too much value, but I have, I have a logic for wanting to keep him there. And then... I could do Hawkinson as a 17. Herbert is my last pick. Running backs, I'm not really fond of. I am to a point where I'm in a lock jam where I can't decide if it's Scary Terry in the fourth or if it's Josh Allen in the 13th. And the only reason I'm thinking of Scary Terry in the fourth is because I have the last pick because I won. And I don't want to have to force myself. If, if there's two, like, let's say, and I doubt there will be, but let's say there's hypothetically two running backs I like there. I would like to just take both instead of choosing one and a wide receiver because I know that I've got Scary Terry waiting for me there in round four. So that's kind of my uh, kind of my logic right there is kind of what uh, why I'm flip floppy. Don't get me wrong, Josh Allen the thirteenth is probably the best value you can get. Period. But yeah. I, you know I overthink everything. This is what I do. So that's yeah. therefore what I'm doing right now. So. Yeah, I'm I'm bouncing between Antonio Gibson in the sixth, C.D. Lamb in the seventh. Or Justin Jefferson in the tenth, I believe. Well, it, it's pretty even on all. The value is pretty good. Yeah, so. I, I just gotta, I gotta pick, and then I'm gonna try to find somebody who wants, who needs a, who needs a keeper. Maybe they'll trade me a draft pick for it. <laughs> that won't be me. That no, won't be I me. Won't. I won't do it again. I won't do it again. But I bet I, I can find I somebody. Because <laughs> there's gonna be somebody who doesn't have, who doesn't have a quality keeper value wise they'll have, they'll have quality keeper but not value and i'll trade them cd lamb for a pick swap all right but well, uh, good luck to you sir yeah we'll see what happens good luck to you on your quest you could post in our group chat yeah this is how nerdy we are we have a championship belt and we have a group chat so it's a uh, it's good times but yes that's how focused i've been it's literally looking at rankings thinking of who i'm going to keep thinking of who everybody else might keep and then watching the camp and stuff just continuously just watching so much so much so much i love it i love it Absolutely. and the next week's madden week so i'm really excited about that also obviously I, that'll be fun it comes out on ea access wednesday so i get a 10-hour trial of the full game a week before it drops so i'm very very excited to play some more of that game yeah i'm excited i'm gonna you know we talked about it before i think i'll probably have to come you know play it at your crib before you know i'm not gonna buy it right off the bat but at some point i may have to 
try it out a little bit at your house before I go buy it, but I haven't bought Madden in a while and maybe it's time because it sounds pretty cool this year. It's yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, man. It's always fun. It, it, it's fun for what you make it. And this is the most they've done in a franchise and I'm excited to check that out. Yeah. That's my jam. So that's, that's, I'm, I'm all about that. Yes. So let's touch on the Rangers real quick. Just to start uh, the Rangers. We talked about it last week. The only thing really worth talking about was if they traded uh, players away and they sure did. Uh, Joey Gallo to New York, that poor man, uh, he needs a beard. Oh my gosh. Uh, if you should Google it, if you're listening right now, um, he looks like a bird and, and not, a, not, not an attractive bird without his beard, but uh, he's done okay. And maybe they have enough offense to make a push. I don't know. They're, 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 they haven't been very good, but there he goes. And then uh, Gibson is no longer here. He was our best pitcher. And then our Ian Kennedy, who was our reliever as well. They got a haul. Nothing, I personally think the best prospect they got is Spencer Howard from Philly, the pitcher. Um, I kind of thought he was going to be good last year, and he's really not just materialized. I think it's worth, I think, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm about it, man. It could be, it could be something special. Who knows? Or it could be waste. I don't know. But I know that the guys we got in the New York trade, uh, they think two of them can be bats that are in our starting lineup next week. And almost every executive around the league said that it was a very fair trade. Take that for what you will. Uh, yeah. Nobody got fleeced. It was fair for both parties for what the Rangers need. So there's that. Sad to see him go. I like Joey Gallo. Well, and and to be fair, to kind of put the trade into context for those who don't follow, you know, there, a lot of people here in the Dallas Metroplex don't follow the Rangers super closely and therefore don't follow baseball super closely because sure. You know, baseball is not king here. It's just not. Gallo's like the only guy everyone seems to know yeah. or seem to know, you know. And, and so to put the trade into context, you know, a lot of people, I think, were hoping and expecting to get a haul, the likes of like what we got when we traded uh, A-Rod, you know, or when we, you know, some yeah. of the trades of the past, right? even not that not that he's even close to as good a player as A-Rod was at the time but you know what I'm saying um when we traded uh Teixeira right that that's probably more more in line and that was a the Teixeira trade set up you know that world series the two world series runs yeah five years it set up a five-year run of being a damn good baseball team but trades like that don't happen anymore you know for a long time for about for a 20-year period you know, if you were, especially if you were trading to somebody like the Yankees or the Red Sox or one of those big market teams, you could fleece them if you were giving them uh, a, a, you know, a top player, you could fleece them of their, uh, of their, their farm system. Because they were playing for the stretch run. Yeah. It's, it's all about the now. It's about getting that, getting that title, getting that, uh, you know, in the playoffs or whatever. But the, the spreading of the whole Sabre metrics analytics into in being injected into baseball, kind of even the playing field, not entirely, but a little bit. And therefore, teams like New York and every, they don't just go crazy like they used to. And so the trade market's a little different. So I know a lot of, I was seeing a lot of stuff about people being upset that it wasn't some massive, huge haul where we got, you know, two top five prospects and, and da, da, da. It, it just doesn't work like that anymore. And right. I, I, like I told you when the trade happened, I am about as familiar with the majority of the guys that we got 
uh, as anyone listening to this, there's no way that, you know, I, none of us really know what it is we're dealing with, but I do like the fact that there was volume uh, because it gives, you know, all these guys, all these prospects are, are dart throws. And, uh, and they become fun again in the last like six days since this happened. <laughs> so like they won their first series versus the Mariners, right? And that was their first series they've won in like two months. Yeah. 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 So, again, it's like you said, trade your best player and somehow get better. Okay. Well, fine. I think in closing with the situation, number one, that was a fun two, 24 hours. Like if you're a fan of baseball, like it's going to be, I like the playoffs a lot and watching these teams compete for the last playoff spots. It was nuts. I don't think I've ever seen that many MLB trades happen in like that short of amount of time. It was like, everything you'd want the NFL trade deadline to be one day. And it never is right. Never it was uh, it was really cool, but the Rangers are saying they have a new stadium. They saying they're going to spend money next year. I don't believe them, but whatever. Um, I, I think that that's, I think that's a false statement because, you know, you have a guy who wants to be there, who's an all-star that wants to sign an extension and, but you're saying you want to spend money, then why would you, does that make sense? Like, so, the jury's out. There's rumors that they want Trevor's story. There's rumors of everything else. So that's my, my one. I have a conspiracy theory. theory. I have a conspiracy theory. He signs back here. Yeah, absolutely. That is, <laughs> yeah. was negotiated. I, I truly, I, I'm not. Look, I'm. I think, I think that there is a very slim chance that he signs back with New York anyway, because oh, that no. is. And again, I don't want to drag this out because it's the Rangers and they're still. It's not his jam, dude. It's not his jam. He's like a Milwaukee Brewer kind of guy. Yeah, that is the worst market for him to go. The worst, bar none. And you know what? It could have been. It's not even the worst market. It's the worst team because it would have been better if he went to the Mets. No, he went to the Yankees. There is no more pressure on uh, uh, in, in any baseball market in the country. And they're back and not in the playoffs right now. And they've got to win. And... and that dude, that specific type of dude is the guy that that New York media eats alive. The guy who is super streaky, who will go on a 10 or 15 game uh, streak where he's just, you know, batting 400 and crushing the ball right. out of the yard and then go on a 10 game hitless streak. They are going to murder him the first time he goes 10 games without a hit. They're going to go in and he's going to, yeah. So I don't think he goes back to New York, even if he doesn't come back here, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to talk some Dallas Cowboys. How about you? Yes. sir. Okay. So the reason why I keep mentioning the hall of fame game being like 36, 25 or whatever hours away is because, well, I don't know when you're listening to this. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. And the game's Thursday. Chances are, since it's like almost nine o'clock at night right now, you're probably listening to this Wednesday on your way to work or Wednesday going from home. So you're probably looking at 24 hours to 36 hours before the, the game is starting. I'm pumped. I know Brian's pumped. And I, quite frankly, uh, man, I know it's preseason and I know it's a Hall of Fame game, but there's been a lot of good talk. Like, I know that. Diggs probably won't even play, but the good things we talked about this last episode, I've heard about Diggs on, on, uh, in training camp so far, Randall Gregory as well. And obviously every day we're looking at CD lamb, give us a different highlight reel type catch from Garrett Gilbert of all people. Right. Yeah. Uh, my one concern, like I'm going to ask you after I'm going to go first though, but my one watch, like the reason why I want to watch this game 
is A, they said they're going to let Najee Harris run a couple times. So that's cool. Supposedly, he's supposed to be pretty good. So we'll see what happens. That's on the Steelers. Sure. Um, and also, I when you have a quarterback coming off of a major injury, backup quarterback's very, very important, okay? Uh, Dak's very physical anyway, and I thought Garrett Gilbert looked okay versus the Steelers last year. Hell, if he would have been if he would have played two or three more games beforehand, he might have been able to beat the Steelers, even if he had just a little bit more uh, reps and familiarity with the offense. I want to know, is he a guy I feel comfortable with if Dak's going to miss two or three or a month? If that happens at some point this year, can he play 500 football? Can this be the dude? So I hope he gets an extended look. I know it's not Danucci. And I know if there's somebody on the roster that's lower than Danucci, it's certainly not them either. There are, there's Nick Foles, who's a third string quarterback. There's Garner Minshew, who is a fucking rock star backup quarterback, right? Um, I don't know how talented he is, but he's just fun, at least. There's, there's options out there that Blake are relatively Bortles. cheap that could be cut. Blake Bortles could just be signed. So I, I'm paying. That's what I'm watching for this game. I want to see how our quarterbacks play. What about you? Sorry. That's no, your point. What about you? Uh, so, well, to address what you said before I answer, uh, I'm 100% with you on everything you said there. Um, I think Garrett Gilbert, I, I, I think at the end of the day, it's whether it is or isn't Garrett Gilbert, I think it's going to be Garrett Gilbert because we don't have the money, you know, to get We just don't. Like right now, um, they're, we're just we're cap strapped that's all there is to it uh i mean aside from the obvious fact that it's just football and you know i, I can't wait my number one is as i am looking to see <clears throat> not even just the defense as a whole but a couple of players specifically so digs like you said eh, if he plays it's not going to be much but there is i would imagine kelvin joseph's going to get some yeah, he'll get some play time, and he and I. So I, all of I am looking to see not only the rookies but the sophomores. I want to see the sophomores also. Neville Gallimore, Bradley, and I, uh, Diggs, like we said, C.D. Lamb, of course, but on, specifically on the defense, uh, you know, Micah Parsons, Kelvin Joseph, uh, Nashawn Wright. I'm interested to see. Uh, I want to see more with my eyes. Uh, and the, while he's not a rookie or a, or a sophomore, I want to see um, uh, DeMonte KZ. I, you know, he's coming off of an Achilles injury. And I want to see I – I am interested to see a Dallas Cowboys safety actually be able to cover somebody and play football other right, than right. just playing like a linebacker. Uh, which Don't get me wrong. Wilson is awesome, but Wilson is a small linebacker. Let's just call it what it is. And so the, it's the defense. And I'm interested to see, while we're not going to get a full glimpse of the scheme, you know, it's going to be very meat and potatoes. I'm interested to see what all Dan Quinn is doing with the talent that's here. Because I, I am a big fan of Dan Quinn, and I'm a big fan of everything that I'm hearing that he's doing. I am a big fan of all of it, right? All the clips that I'm seeing from camp, all the reports that I'm seeing from camp, I'm I'm he, I am very excited about the defense. I'm not crazy enough to think we're going to be a top defense this year, but I do think we're going to be a lot better than most people think. And so that's well, what I'm looking for. The, if, you, if you're going to name the two best things the Dallas Cowboys did 
uh, during the offseason. I think it was extend Dak and get Dan Quinn in here. Like I like 100 percent. You Absolutely. know, they made they sure trading back and getting Micah Parsons was smart, but then they kind of effed around with that pick, you know, the extra pick they got. Those are the two big things to me that honestly have the most bearing on the future of this team and where it goes. Now, for our listeners out there who are I'm, casuals, the wrong word, but don't know, every other team in the NFL besides the Steelers and the Cowboys is only getting three preseason games. So this is a gimme. So with only three games happening, I know traditionally when there's four and you get a fifth if you're in the Hall of Fame game, it's the lowest of the low. Some of the second tier guys aren't even playing, right? Yeah. So it's going to be like that. So don't expect you're for sure not seeing Dak. Right? That's not happening with the, the injury in his arm anyway. That's not, yeah, he probably won't throw in the preseason, maybe the third game or this, whatever the dress rehearsal is, maybe a series if, it, if it's better by then. But I, don't I, I i'm intrigued to see what we're going to get I, if i'm quinn as bad as the defense is i'm wanting to get reps in and as many reps in with his system as possible yeah so i'm intrigued to see the defensive end too well and and on the offensive side if i see a starter on the offense playing in this game i might drive over to the star and burn that fucking building down we don't need to see any of them. Not one. We don't need to see Tyron Smith. Make sure no. he gets the block. No. Lay all call. No, not one. No, no. Get him, keep him off the field. Let's let's see the young offensive line. The you know we don't need to see Zeke. We don't even really need to see Tony Pollard all that much. You know, honestly, on defense, we don't need to see Gregory. No, no, and, and we're not going to see Demarcus Lawrence. We're off. You know, we're not going to see uh uh amari cooper obviously they're both still on pup but we don't need to see they took lawrence Gregory. off they took lawrence off the pup yesterday did they take him off the pup or yeah. I, I know that i know that they i know that they announced that he's so he i was in an interview he did today he said that his rehab is broken up into four stages and he's on what he called stage three of rehab now i'm I looking it up you keep I don't talking. know. Yeah, I'll keep talking. You look it up and let me know. But either way, we're not going to see him, right? No, no and, way. No. And yeah, that's I'm fine. I I don't want to see, even though I don't consider him integral. I don't need to see Jalen Smith. I don't need to see Leighton Vanderash. I don't need to see hardly any of those guys. But I do want to see the young players and the new guys. All Cowboys activate Demarcus Lawrence from the pup list. Oh, beautiful, great, good. This was uh, today at two o'clock. Okay, wonderful. Good. So this is the fantasy things I've been reading in my spare time right now. I know just, you want to know how many passes Zach Wilson threw to Elijah Moore today? It was five. <laughs> I, I know everything right now, man. Nice. Nice. And that, and that means absolutely nothing for fantasy football, by the way, because they're the Jets. But yeah. Just... Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, I, it's for me, it's all about, it, it's entirely about the entire preseason is all about the defense for me. Keeping, keeping the yeah, yeah, no, and the defense 100%. And for me, like, this was there's been two seasons where I mentally checked out with the Dallas Cowboys in the last 20 something years, probably. And it was the year Romo got injured before we drafted Zeke and Dak. So that season, that was just because there was no hope. It was a great year. It was bad. It was terrible. It was just, and, and he, it was just like, man, 
Like well, it was I'm, Matt, it was Matt Castle. Yeah. It yeah. was trading for Matt Castle. Then it was Brandon Whedon. Then it, it was just, yeah. it was not good. Right. And then last year, my fantasy teams became my favorite teams about week six. I just, I, I, I admittedly, and this is not a thing I do. I admit things still could be wrong, but I was watching red zone instead of the Cowboys. Like I, I didn't even want to watch just the Cowboys. Like normally it's if the Cowboys play at three, I'm watching red zone three o'clock. It's only Cowboys, man. During halftime, I might switch it back to red zone or whatever else, but I'm locked in. I don't care what's going on. It's my Cowboys. But last season I was like, yeah, I'd rather just watch red zone. This is pathetically bad. And that was the same thing. Now, the year we fired Wade Phillips, which was a really bad year, I had hope because Garrett was taking over. He was making these guys wear suits. He was holding them accountable. They started playing really hard. So I was very, and Romo was also injured that year too. I was very intrigued. That's when Stephen McGee oh, took over as the quarterback from AM. I was very intrigued to see the direction of the team. So my eyes were glued. It's kind of like, I guess, if you're a Jets fan, they'll probably win five games this year, but you're probably pretty locked into what's going on with all these draft picks and Zach Wilson and everything else to see if there's hope, to see what the new regime is doing and such. Whereas last year with Sam Darnold and Adam Gase, if you're a Jets fan, you probably wanted to burn your TV every time it was on because it was just murder, right? Yeah. So same thing. So I'm excited just to be pumped about the Cowboys again because – they're normally always in it, you know, say what you will about Jason Garrett. I mean, 50% being 500 means you're the, the football matters in December, at least, you know, so absolutely. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's a thing. Yep. So there was that. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm excited to have my locked time back with my Dallas Cowboys. You know what yeah. I mean? And the, the, in fairness, the only reason I think I was, I was probably slightly more in, locked in on the Cowboys than you were last year, but only because I because I still had a little bit of hope all the way through the year. Not that we were going to make the playoffs. I didn't want us to. I was on Team Tank. That was my thing. Right after after Dak got hurt, I immediately jumped to cool. I want to watch young. Cowboys start to play well and I want us to lose and I was just rooting for us to lose get a better draft pick play well and lose that's all I was hoping for and that was the only thing that kept me even watching besides the fact that I am kind of a masochist and don't know how to not watch the Cowboys on Sunday so well like I said I I like red zone a lot I've found a way to hack and have the cheapest way to have red zone possible without paying $400 for it I'm pretty excited about it so I'll let my listeners know about my life hack so they can do it as well so apparently if you sign it for sling tv blue it's $30 yeah and the red zone package is 15 so for $45 a month you can get red zone if you're returning customers I had sling at one point in time it's $25 off your first month so I will get red zone for, uh, for four months. I will pay $140 for red zone direct TV. You have to get the super pan package to have the red zone channel. And that's $400. Yeah. So I, this is, this is good. This is good. Now, don't get me wrong. If you are a YouTube TV subscriber, it's only $10, I think, or 50 bucks to get red zone, but I'm a direct TV subscriber. So I, that's why I have to do a loop. So if you're not wanting to pay that price and you like red zone, I, I think that might be worth it. Heck, if you find a friend that's going to go halvesies with you, you're getting it for like 75 bucks. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Not bad at all. And see, I, 
I am not and have I can't I'm just not a Red Zone fan. I can't do the Red Zone. I I like the the momentum of it all. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. No, no. I watch every Thursday, Monday, Sunday night. You know what I mean? And then I watch the Cowboys, but the other games, I just I'm I like to know everything. I am a weird OCD motherfucker yeah. when it comes to that. I want to know who's scored and I probably would treat stress eat less if I didn't watch the Red Zone channel because I'm like watching my you know, watch, I'm playing you for the week. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to the Chargers game. Is it Keenan Allen? No, don't be Keenan Allen, you know, type thing. So, you know, that's, that's what happens. Yep. All right. Anything else on uh, Cowboys or football? No, no. I mean, you know, some people are, are starting to freak out a little bit because they moved, they've, they've decided to slow Dax coming back into the fold process. There's nothing to freak out about. It, I'll touch on one thing real quick. It's not Cowboys related. Am I a terrible human being that I would love it if the Colts traded for Nick Foles? <laughs> it's so good. It, it He's really like so Nick good. Foles is like following. They like build a statue in front of the. You know, it's like in front of the Eagles Stadium of him. He's like stalking Carson Wentz. You know, it's it's like it's like a movie. It'd be so wonderful. I would love that so much because I do not like Carson Wentz. And so, you know, I don't, I I don't wish any harm upon him and whatever, but that'd be fucking hilarious. Well, it's a, it's very relative to this podcast because we're a Dallas Cowboys podcast and they're going to low key hose the Eagles because trust you very much. They're going to make sure he has 68% of the snaps this year. So they don't get that first year. Yeah, that yeah. first that first round pick for the Eagles. So yeah, there's there's no way like, they will they will do whatever they have to do to make that happen. All right, that's football. So now the main event, the Dallas Mavericks, right? Slovenia, hey, by no, the no, way. No, no, no. The, the main. I was gonna say let's before we get to the Mavericks. Yeah, one Slovenia. more win. Yeah. First off, Slovenia is playing for a medal now. If they lose, they're playing for bronze. If they win, they're playing for the gold on Saturday night in primetime television. This is impressive. I don't care which way you shake it. They could go lose by 40 to the U.S. for the gold, and it's still freaking, like, insane. Luca is so freaking good, man. My God. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. And and Adrian and I were talking about it earlier. Did you watch some last night? Some no. of the game? No, I didn't watch any of the. I, I was able to find it on my sports app, NBC Sports, the app. Oh, yeah. this is how ready I am for fantasy football. I know my, only the YouTubers can see this. I've got my team logo, cream of the crop, is my uh, my background now. I'm, I'm harnessing the beast. Yes. I'm ready. Nice. Macho man. Macho man's soul was with me last year when I snapped Wait, in the sling. Side note that I learned about, because you're, you're, you are in slash were and whatever wrestling guy. Did you know that Hulk Hogan put out an album? Yeah, I did. I, Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. Yeah. For those of you out there who <laughs> want to laugh, just jump on YouTube and Google Hulk, Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. It legitimately might be the worst music that's ever been published by humans. So awesome. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's I like it wouldn't. It's not going to surprise. Like, legitimately, France uh, France is a better team, right? There's what do they have? Four or five NBA players. They can beat Italy, right? Italy and France are playing, and Slovenia will play the winner of that. Yeah. Correct? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think France will probably beat Italy. And, and I think, and then Slovenia is going to play France and maybe they beat France. Maybe they don't. Cause at the same time, France is a better team. The way I was explaining it to Adrian when she was asking me about it is this, I said, if France and Slovenia played 10 times, France will probably win six or seven. Of them. But with a dude like Luca, one game, he can he can win one game. Look at it's like the Clippers, man. I mean, the proof's there. You play ten times, the Clippers probably win six. We're able yeah. to win four, but and they were a vastly more talented team than the Mavs. But Speaking were, of talent, yeah, the Mavs are actually better than they were last year. I don't know if they're going to be coached better. I don't know if they're going to be time managed better, but they are better now. Are they as good? So we have first off, it's very funny to me. NBA two years ago started doing this weird primetime free agency, right? Whereas opposed to being at midnight, it like kicks off at five. And it's very aware how much tampering goes on when something kicks off at five o'clock, right? Like Kyle Lowry had already agreed to a deal and all that nonsense. Well, a complicated remember, deal, by the way, not yes, something that you sure. can agree to in four and, minutes. And it, it will probably become a three team deal involving the maps, honestly, yeah. before it's over, before the sixth this year. So so let's work our way through the whole process here. You have, within minutes, first off, two years ago, when everyone was excited, the year after Luca's rookie year, it's we're going to go Kimba Walker. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And they did absolute jack shit besides sit there and wait for Kawhi to make a decision to see if they got Danny Green, right? They were ready. Once they realized, okay, DeRozan, it's not happening. Once they realized Lowry, it's not happening because of tampering, it's let's lock our guys in. Bobin and Timmy were locked in before 5 o'clock. It was as soon as it hits five o'clock, they're doing deals. We can announce, yeah. And then within the first hour and a half, we signed two other players. Yeah, yeah. Two That's solid players too. Two solid, sure. three and D rotation. Bullock is an alpha. Yeah. You know, uh, for for our listeners, who they signed was they signed it Sterling Brown, correct? That's correct. Uh, yeah. Sterling Brown, who shot forty percent from three last year, for, uh, for six million dollars, he is a guy. He is never going to be an all-star but he's a good piece is that's an analytical move right there is what is what he is um i think he'll be one of those guys that when luca's not in the game who stands there and doesn't know what to do with his life so i don't like that but the other guy we signed besides retaining bobin and getting uh timmy hardaway back is we got reggie bullock i've always been a fan of his game because he is an alpha ball handler wing He's one of those guys. The, the best way to describe his game is just a scrappy, like James Posey on the Celtics when they won a championship. Like just a scrappy, he could score. He'll have a few games where he scores twenty or twenty-five this year. Not that kind of guy. He he re, he reminds me a little bit of, and I don't want people to freak out about this, but it's kind of true because it didn't work out but of Josh Richardson when he was with the Heat, right? Not, not Philadelphia, not when he was here. Right. No, yeah, yeah, I can see but, that. But when he – because Josh Richardson was the same way. He was he – could, he could create a little bit. He obviously could hit from three, played terrific defense. And, and uh, Bullock's very similar in that way. Better, I think, personally, but, uh, but very – you know, not dissimilar games. Sure. And then also the Mavs got rid of Richardson on Saturday or Friday, Friday Saturday, Friday. Then, Friday. The, then we found out there was a player involved the next day. 
Yeah, and it was Moses that. Brown, who is a per 30 freaking monster, by the way. Uh, we'll see if he's still on the roster. Um, the Mavs are trying to, we, per reports, trying to get Drogic here uh, in this three-team deal that's involving Kyle Lowry in Toronto. Rumors are we're willing to give them Dwight Powell, which is fine, but they're wanting a pick and one of our young guys. So that's why it's not happening. So, which is fine with me. I'd rather go pay Dennis Schroeder and just say, fuck it. And not, I'm not giving up assets to bring in Drogic. I'm yeah, not. I, I look, if it was, I he's older, like, he has foot issues. He's a very good player. He could keep yeah. Luca in check. He could help Luca grow. There's a lot of great things he could achieve, but I'm not giving up a draft pick for a, 30-year-old point not not, not 35-year-old point guard yeah who's had foot issues the last two years yeah like, absolutely I, I can't do it I can't do it man no do it. I, look again what the the what the initial report that I heard when it was all when this was first starting to go down was that it was going to be um that it was going to be Powell excuse me Powell and Willie Cauley-Stein and I'm on well, all day 100%. all day long right yeah but when you start talking about wanting one of the younger guys, uh, a, a legitimate asset or legitimate rotational player and a draft pick, get the fuck out of here. We're not, you know, no, no, no. Right. We're not talking about Kyle Lowry. We're talking about Goran Dragic, who if you can't find a way to do the sign and trade, you're going to end up buying out. So fuck off. Sure. Yeah. And, the, and then the Mavs can get him anyway, or get someone else or trade for someone else. It's not, it, it, I get it, man. I know fans are thirsty and they want to see the Mavs go for gold. They did a, they, 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 this roster is better than last year's. Okay. Oh, right now. That, big time. And they're not done yet. So let's, we don't even know what the young guys on the roster could do, man. Cause Rick didn't play them. Tyrell Terry could be the, the guy you want handling the ball. Yeah. When Luke is not in, I have no clue. I'd like to see it. I'd like to at least know before I trade the guy away for Drogic. You know? Yeah, 100% agree. 100%. It, 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 like I said, we're in a world where everyone wants to talk with their fingers. And hell, we're doing a podcast liking to talk to people about our opinions as well, right? And it's everyone's right to say what they want. But take a deep breath, Mavs fans. The team's better. Yeah. Luca's about to sign after the Olympics. It's going to be okay, man. If Luca's the kind of person that wants to leave, he's going to leave. And there's nothing we can do about it because that's just the kind of guy he is. And that's okay if that's what the kind of guy he is. It really is. Look at the NBA. I mean, everyone's panicked. The Mavs aren't getting better. The Mavs aren't getting better. It looks like there's only two fucking teams making moves right now. The Miami yeah. Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Yeah, which, and, by, by the way, on, on that, the Los Angeles Lakers are running it way back, bro. Like, oh, yeah, they, like, they got like the 2008 dream team, man. Yeah, seriously. No. In all seriousness, though, so all the all the it's either so in free agency so far have the Mavs been one of the more active teams? They certainly were the first four hours of free agency. I mean, they made a trade, they signed two of their own, and they signed two on the outside. That's five. That's five transactions, right? Yeah. yeah. Portland. What what did Portland do? This is the, we're talking about playoff teams. So what did Portland do? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, nothing. They signed Norman Powell back. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. They signed Norman Powell they back. Signed, so they signed their own, right? Yep. And I think they signed, they lost Collins or something as well. They might have gotten, they got, 
that white center from Detroit, Plumley, I believe. Michael. So, those are, the, yeah. so those are the two I think that they make. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Utah call. Jazz. What have the Utah Jazz done? Conley. Conley. It's one move. Well, and they pulled off, they did a trade. I'm trying to remember what it was, but there was a trade involving favors, wasn't there? Didn't they trade Derek Favors? Yeah. Basically for nothing. Yeah. yeah. It was for, yeah. Free up space for Conley. So there's two. So two moves. Yeah. The Pelicans, they weren't a playoff team, but what did they do? Ooh, the Pelicans. The Pelican, Pelicans fans are freaking out right now. They lost they, Lonzo. They, they traded they, for Graham. They traded away Stephen Adams for Jonas. Yeah. You know, Memphis. So Memphis. So so let, let's just, but my point here being is people are panicked that the Mavs aren't making moves. And literally, it's one or two moves per team minus the Lakers in the entire, the Suns. Yeah, you, you got JaVale McGee and Chris Paul. Yep. Yep. So you're looking at all of these teams are one or two transactions, one or two. Mavs are at five. The, Everything. Now, the East is a freaking madhouse, though. The Miami Heat, holy balls. And the, the Bulls, Chicago Bulls and the yeah. Knicks, like, goodness gracious. Yeah. Like, yeah. the Knicks retained everyone. They signed, like, four of their own. Chicago Bulls is completely between the trade deadline and free agency just rebuilt their starting five almost. Entirely. And then obviously Miami Heat. What, how does Pat Riley? God, I, I'm like, I, he's kind of like, it's kind of like a, when a Vince Vaughn is having the standoff with a <laughs> with the Channel Seven News team or whatever. Yeah. You know, I respect him though. Like I hate Miami Heat so bad, but like I just can't help but be impressed because cap space does cap space does not exist to this man at all. No, but you know there is two different way there's two methods of operation in the in the nba there's Hassan Whiteside just signed with the utah jazz so that's another move for them boom anyway um there you know there he's figured out maybe as well as anyone other than the lakers how to operate over the cap and get your team better you know and look let's be fair i love the city of dallas right and I'm not in any way interested in moving to Florida, but if I've got a hundred million dollars, what city would you, where would you rather live? LA right? or Miami? LA, Miami, New York, one of those places, right? Sure. Dallas, it's just, it is what it is. And that's okay. Um, but I think a lot of people have these expectations that because we have, that we, because we have Luca, that it's going to be the same kind of thing as, you know, you're going to be able to recruit the way that LeBron is able to recruit to LA. That's or, not the way. It's that's AU. That's that's Team USA playing together. That's playing together in uh, in, in in schools and and you know youth groups and everything else. It's different, man. It's now maybe we'll be able to recruit Jokic when his contract's up or something like that if Luca wants to stay here. I don't know, but the bottom line is is that like dude lebron people didn't go play with lebron when he was in his first five or six years that's why he left who did he recruit to cleveland who who can you think of that he not not traded for or drafted but who big name player went and signed with lebron and cleveland well that's huh yeah yeah a 42 year old Shaq who couldn't even jump three inches off the ground and then so, when he went back, when he went back, they made the trade for Kevin Love. And yeah. obviously the year they tanked when he left, or one of the years they got Ky Kyrie Irving. That Kyrie. was 
you know, that was, and then, and then it was very easy to get the J.R. Smiths and the, because you have this core and you get that. It's kind of what the Lakers are doing now. Yeah. Man, yeah. the Lakers are going to be good. And I think you and I talked about it as well. The NBA has a way of every decade or so you have a Detroit Pistons win the championship, right? You have the Dallas Mavericks win the championship, sure. but then it's Celtics, Lakers, Heat, Celtics, Lakers. It's this weird dynamic of how that works, right? Yeah. And this seemed to be the year anyway because of the amount of injuries and everything else that the balancing comes back to where, honestly, the teams that you would have thought on paper were the champs or in the championship would be Lakers and Nets. It seems like we're getting to a culmination of that. With the exception of the Heat, they're like, no. We don't, homie, don't play that. We're going yeah. to bully, we're going to bully your soft ass team into the ground. And they will probably yeah, too, but they will. But we'll see. You know, all you can do as a fan of an NBA team is want your team to make moves and just enjoy your team. There's that's the beauty of it not being football is that you have 82 games to watch plus the playoffs. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's series, it's everything else. It's going to be a good ride. And I don't know what else the Mavs are going to do. I am totally out on trading for Drogic if it involves youth. Because once again, man, I, I play I play way too much fantasy sports, right? Play fantasy basketball. So I'm very aware of how many games players miss. I check the injury reports daily and everything else. Home dude misses a lot. And I'm no longer in the camp where, hey, just bring him to Dallas, Casey Smith, Hills all. That ain't me anymore, dude. That was me with Tyson Chandler, but I no. No, you know, you know who I not predicting this, but I think people in the Dallas Maverick fans have stopped paying attention to for some reason. And I still think it's going to happen, whether it happens, whether he gets traded here or not, I don't know, but Buddy Heald is very much in the market. Right. Yeah. And there is, there is, there's all sorts of deals that we could pull off to get a guy like Buddy Heald without having to give up um you know without having to give up a back-breaking loss you know what i mean we're not gonna have to give up kp we're not gonna have to give up some of the the guys that we just signed mine that, that might be why they go get them like if i'm grading the mats like i talk positively right because i've liked the moves i think they're still better than they were i give it a c yeah. And the reason why I give them a C is because Porzingis is still your best player. Now, my opinion could oh, be different in November. That's what second best player. Okay. Right. So my opinion could be different in November after a solid month or a couple weeks or maybe Decemberish about how I feel about Porzingis. But from what I saw last year, having Tim Ardaway as your 1B. And Porzingis is like your third or fourth best at that time, the way he was playing basketball at the end. You're not winning a playoff series. You're not going that far as a team. So Buddy Heald is intriguing to me because there's Bagley and there's other, th like, are you like this year, do they realize, okay, yes, Porzingis is playing better. This is the sell high moment. Let's get a, young Bagley and Buddy Hield in here and that is a, a juice move right or is it this Colin Sexton Kevin Love type is that when we're pulling the trigger for that because to really truly get to a B or A and be a team that is top four and can you you know if you feel confident can win a series because right now with the way the Mavs roster looks 
I'm like, okay, cool. We've got one of the top player, players in the NBA. And depending on where we're seated, we might win a playoff series. But it all depends on where, where the seating is, in my opinion, because there's some damn good fine teams. Now, injuries happen, things happen, trades are going to happen. There's so many little things that can, that can occur between now and then. But that's my knee-jerk reaction to what I see. On and paper. I think like my, I think I want a playoff series win this year. That's what I think the Mavs, that's like the first step. Yeah. And then after that, you know, the sky's the limit. But See, And I'm at the point where I want a playoff series win and I want to compete in the second round, you know, like strong, strong. Sure. I want to, I want the second round of the playoffs. I think for it to be successful, considering all the overhaul, the changes, everything else, I think for it to actually be a successful season, the second round of the playoffs needs to feel like the first round did this year, where you're a game or two away from it going sure. one way or the other. We don't have to win the second round, but we need to get to the second round and strongly compete there. That's my, my Absolutely. And you know what? Once again, the my feeling of – a C might turn into a B or an A minus if if these young guys can play that we don't even know about yet. Yeah. I mean, there there could be a whole and, and Brunson because that was Brunson's first playoff series and it was very evident. Yeah, uh, I wish he had that experience the season before because boy did he get his ass kicked. Yeah. you know he was almost unplayable yeah. um, at times and they weren't able to move. And Josh Richardson became just fell out of the rotation so much and that's not on him. He's never had to come off the bench before. Started with Miami, started with everything else. It was a different role, different thing. So I appreciate what he tried to do and everything else, but it just Tim Hardaway was the guy that needed to start, clearly. And there's so many things that can go into what's going to happen this year. I freaking can't wait. I'm ecstatic. I pre-ordered 2K, ready to go. Got my Luca cover ready to be framed. It's going to be good times, man. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what else they do. Something else is going to happen. Oh, yeah. This weekend. Yeah. Uh, before the, by the six, the six is when these players can officially sign, which is Saturday, right? Yeah. So um, it's, something's coming. I, I don't know what it is. And I don't know if I'm going to love it because if they feel, I, I know one thing, I know Cuban wants to make Luca feel loved. And I know like Dallas is going out of their way to make sure that Luca feels loved. So I personally, if they, if they bend over, to get Drogic here, I'm going to be a little disappointed in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I look, I get the logic and I get everything behind it because there is one benefit that a lot of people are overlooking, I think, with Drogic coming if he came here is that he is one of the very few people left on the planet that can probably, you know, chew Luca's ass good and proper. You know what I mean? Like has... That, and Luca would take it and learn from it and really, sure. you know, it's, he's just one of those guys and he's big brother to Luca a little bit because of their, their ties. Um, and so that's something that, that could be very useful. But as far as just a player on the court, I'm a hundred percent with you. I do not want to get, I do not want this team to feel like they have to make that move and give up what, what Toronto's probably going to ask just to get a 30, whatever he is, 34 year old. Well, they know, they know, they, they 100% know that's what they're trying to do it. I don't, I don't blame Toronto. They just no. went from being champions to whatever the hell they are now. It's not anywhere near that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I get it. I, I'm not mad at Toronto at all. They now, just, let me, let me throw something at you. 
no one's talking about it, but I was just thinking about it the other day. And it's not going to happen probably, but let me just throw it out. What if Toronto said, what? Yes. People, yes. You know I where I'm take going? Pascal Sakim. Yes. For we, yep. Yeah. Yep. Dwight Powell, uh, uh, KP, and then one of those young assets. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll give you old man Dragic, Pascal, and that's it. Yeah. No, that's fine. I no, do. that's 100% fine. Absolutely. Fucking heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I already thought about it. No, that's perfectly okay. Yeah, yeah there's no qualms with that at all. It's to make the happen. money work, we'd probably get Gary Trent back as well. Or maybe even that white boy point guard they have that was a baller at the end of last year. I forget yeah. his name. I don't uh, I know who you're talking about. I've, I've seen a few clips. Or Fred Van Vliet even. Yeah, I don't think they're going to move on from Van Fleet. Especially considering, you know, he's he's too good a player making too little money for them to move on right now. Well, they just they just paid him. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. All right, never mind. Well, then maybe. But yeah, I'd take him too. Yeah. So yeah, so I get intrigued at that. I don't think that would happen. You're exactly right. That's the first thing I thought of is what if yeah. something like that occurred. I just know that like I said, the Mavs are Nico did what he said he was going to do. He was extremely active and it was awesome. And we made five moves. Five moves between 24 hours before with the trade, you know what I mean? And then got both guys, we tampered both of our own guys. I'm so excited. I'm just a proud, proud fan that we actually involved, were involved with the tampering. Yeah. And then got two guys here. Yeah. I get it, man. It's not DeRozan. There's 30 teams, right? 30 teams, right? Yep. And there's two prize free agents. Like, wait, come on, man. Wake well, up, and, dude. And dude, let's, again, let's be honest here. DeRozan he got really lucky that he got the deal he got to go to Chicago because things were drying up there for like for a little bit, it was looking like his options were running out. Yes. And no, because the good news is the Spurs have no, like they have cap space. So he could always go wherever he wanted and the Spurs will happily take back something because they were losing it for nothing. So he could have made Miami work too. I mean, honestly, because he could just say, okay, well, I want to be here. All of a sudden you've got Tyler hero and you've got bam. And they're sending, you know, they're matching contracts to send them out. So it could happen in theory, not that they would have done that or, or should, but it's kind of like, that's what they did with Jimmy Butler. I remember when Jimmy Butler was entering free agency and they were saying that Houston and uh, Miami were his two suitors. Yeah. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. They have like $5 million each. No way. And then I watched what Pat Riley did to free the path for him. And I'm like, Oh, and then you have the same thing with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with what they do with the Clippers. So, but it was, that space is kind of a myth, but it is not a myth, but it is a myth, but it's not. But the problem is you had the pending possible three team trade sign and trade for Lowry and all that stuff working two sign and trades uh, two separate sign and trades that don't don't interconnect in any way, shape, or form. Also, while holding the because they have a cap space hold for somebody I can't remember who sure. it was. It was it wasn't going to be it wasn't it literally like I was I was watching somebody on uh, on uh, on YouTube break down the math on what what his options were, and there was like four or five teams that were literally his only options left to get it within the money that he could get, and Chicago was one of them, and they were right. Fair enough. The Lakers, the Lakers and Miami were the only two teams 
last night when I went to bed, I'm like, yeah, they can't, they don't have a chance anymore because of everything. Yeah. I, everybody else, I was like, whatever. I was like, the Mavs can make it work, whoever. I was yeah. like, because the Mavs can just give San Antonio, Dwight Powell, Willie Cauley Stein, and whoever else. And then all of a sudden we have good to go. Yeah. There you which, go. Which people are like, a lot of people don't understand why after the trade, um, uh, after the trade, why they went ahead and picked up Willie Cauley Stein's option. And it's for that reason right there. It's so that they can include him in a trade to make salaries work. That sure. Willie Cauley Stein is I, I don't think he's gonna end up well, that's technically six up. moves re-signing him as well by the way i forgot yeah. about that one. yeah and so i i don't i don't think willie collie Stein's gonna be on the opening day roster i think he's gonna be wearing another jersey because he's gonna be part of a, a trade included in just to make the salaries work that's well it gets weird thing. too um like what we're looking at right now possibly might not be the way everything looks saturday for instance, there's rumors that Brad Stevens wants freaking Marcus Smart out. Yeah. Like, do we we have the money? Do we does he get included in the deal all of a sudden? And we, we throw them Willie Colley Stein to sweeten it. Like, okay, well, here's Colley Stein because they just got rid of Tristan Thompson and everything sure. else. You give us here's Marcus a big man Smart. for you. Yeah. Is that is that a twist that can happen? Or like like you said, uh, we are we become the third team in the Toronto deal. And we take Drogic goes there, but Drogic goes here. And it's Powell, Willie Colley, Stein there or whatever else. There's a lot of different things that happen. There's always free agent sign and training deals that turn into two or three team deals, sometimes even four, yeah. because they just try to get things churning and moving and all of that. So we'll see. Because Tim Hardaway technically can be the last one to sign. Him and Bobin both, and we can go up into over the cap for those guys. So there can be more moves put inside. So well, I'm not saying that they're going to be super aggressive. And we don't, we don't have bird rights on Bobin, so we can't. Okay, sorry. No, but but Hardaway, they will next year. They will next year. That's yeah, right. they will next year. Absolutely. Yeah, they got to be there for three seasons. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, Hardaway will be the last one to sign. That will definitely happen. Um, well, you know what? I say that the part uh, the the signing for I can't remember which one of the two new guys but one of them is getting the mid-level exception and you can't use the mid-level exception without being over the cap. So Hardaway will be the second to last assignment. Yeah. It's uh, Brown, Sterling Brown. Okay. Yeah. Cause they gave 30 million to uh, Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. In a year, the TPE, whatever it's called. Yeah. The traded player exception. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. So we shall see. So I, I do have a strong feeling that we'll have more to touch on. Uh, not knee jerkish at all, but it'll be pretty close to being done on Monday um, with all the free agency stuff. So, sure, and th there can and will be some additional trades that may happen down the line. But yeah, usually it's it's about a you know for those that that don't follow it all that closely, it's usually ten days. Free agency is usually about. Would you say is that fair? Yeah, well, it's. Long? man you know yeah. when, when they can officially officially sign it's pretty dry at that point so by the time we make it to th to friday saturday it's going to be there's just a couple players that aren't normally there's very few players veteran wise that are signed during the summer league which starts next week i yeah. believe august 10th or something so because once the olympics is over the summer league which i'm really amped to watch the mavs young guys by the way I yeah. really, really, I'm really excited. I'm going to record. I really want to see Tyrell Terry and, and Josh Green and, and really, really hope that those two guys take a nice big old step in the right direction because 
Well, and even on the draft, man, you know, we, the draft happened since we've had our last um, podcast as well. And the undrafted guys, the Mavs got, I dig it. A lot of people were panicked. This is, you know, everybody's continuing to lose their shit over the Mavs not buying a draft pick, right? But for me, like, if the Mavs were going to buy a draft pick, I wanted, I wanted like alpha scoring, like what we got with Bullock, a ball handler or rim protection, right? And two of the guys they signed, one of the guys is a 7'9 wingspan. 7'9 wingspan, dude. That guy is massive. And he is a shot-blocking, rim-protecting fool. And then the other, the other fellow we signed is, was from SMU, and he's an athletic freak. Yeah. Like he's like a better-shooting Dennis Smith Jr. type player, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot of excitement about those guys. But you got to remember, they were undrafted. and. The, the odds are long on those guys, but still it's definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on summer league. If you, if you really enjoy basketball the way that you and I do, because um, sure. Oh, and they might not make the team. And no, yeah. No, like it, I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying like, no, but most, it's it, most, after the first six picks of the second round, it's pretty thin anyway. I mean, it's, you know, it's, even even before that in some drafts you know what i mean some drafts I mean, after about 20 it's it's pretty dry but if you know th- this was a deeper draft so I'll, i i i agree with you but yeah i mean yeah an undrafted look an undrafted player in the nba has got long odds to make it doesn't mean that they won't right plenty of them do dodo maxi there's plenty of them sure but it's long odds. So, you know. Joe Bear was a second round pick, defensive player of the year. I mean, there's uh, uh, what's Draymond that? Green, second round pick, Brunson, second round pick. My brain isn't working. Uh, Jokic, no, yeah. a second round pick, you know, almost went undrafted and he just won fucking MVP. So, the, it, there are exceptions to the rule, but, you know, let's, let's keep an eye on them. And I'm sure, you know, they are, the Mavs are pretty good at finding the diamonds in the rough. Or you know, maybe not diamonds, but and the one thing I can say for Nico so far is he's, I think he's properly valuing assets, because to buy an asset you're giving up assets. And I asked you on the podcast last week, would you trade DFS or Kleba for a pick? And I said I said I wouldn't do it. You said you would not do it either because it's unknown what you're getting with second round picks. I'd rather have them for one more year and then lose them, which which would just suck too but I'd rather have them and then lose them than lose them to like not have something. Sure. You know, cause we'll, we'll be better next year because we have them. So I like the fact that we're walking into next season currently with a one and a two, right? Who knows what might be thrown our way to make that change. But I like the fact that it's not just, Hey, you know, okay. Yes. Let's dangle this. That, that's a, that's a really good thing right now because Absolutely. there's always something, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you would have told me Russell Westbrook would be a Laker on Monday last week, I would have told you you were freaking snorting freaking glue. You know um, what I mean? Like, yes. Although <laughs> I, let me say this, the Lakers might be the most unwatchable, really, really, really good team in the history of the league. That's going to be <laughs> unwatchable, slow, grind it down boring as hell basketball that's going to win 60 games. analytics be damned there yeah. is no three-point shooting no, no. <laughs> well maybe no. wayne ellington they got him yesterday right oh that's right okay 
So one three-point shooter and a whole bunch of dudes who just couldn't. Malik Monk. Malik Monk can kind of shoot too, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, it's not, you know. When he's not on crack, no. that is. <laughs> yeah, I hope that team. Now, it's, it's just one more reason for me to root against the Lakers. <laughs> I, I dislike the Lakers and Heat the most of anything. So I've just been kind of like shaking my fist on repeat with everything going on. So, yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So that's all I got for the Mavs, man. That was good. Absolutely. Anything else? Nope. I, I'm good. I'm good. We've covered it. All right. That's it. We always, always find a way to get an hour. I dig it. I dig it. I like it. This is the Goal Line Fade, a Dallas sports podcast, not a podcast. Don't know what a podcast is. I am Zach, your host, with Brian, and uh, we are out. Thank you for listening. Go Cowboys.